Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast, or welcome to. Um, I'm your host, Jenna Palak. And today I have a very special guest. I say, I always say special every time I have a guest in general, um, but you are very special because we met through my Facebook group. Yes, um, we did. Gabrielle Connolly. Yes, hello, everyone. I'm very happy to be here. I'm a little nervous, so. No, don't be nervous. Right before this, we were just having a conversation. It was so easy. It feels like when you meet someone for the first time and you just instantly, you feel like you've met them for years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it was. Well, so. I've been literally following you on TikTok too <laughs> since like the beginning, the beginning of it all, like the TikTok era, like oh work God. of everything. And so I feel like I've watched your life like, you know, mm-hmm. unfold and it's so cool to like, you know, come full circle and be here. So Thank you. Well, I'm happy for you to be a part of it. <laughs> So today, Gabrielle and I are going to talk about her uh, experience working in the military and kind of taking a more untraditional route after college, after high school, figuring out college wasn't for her. So before we get into all of that, Gabrielle, who are you, girl? Give give everybody a little detail so, about you. I am Gabrielle. My friends call me Gabby, and my name suits me because I love to talk. And I grew up in New Hampshire. Um, I lived there for about just over 20 years. And then I joined the military. So I got super lucky and ended up in sunny San Diego, California. And I never really left. (laughs) I just, you know, I got out a few months ago and I just love the lifestyle out there. So I'm staying. I love San Diego. I went there for a weekend visit um, earlier this this year, maybe even last year. I don't even remember the dates. Like time is just going by so fast. I can't, can't keep track of my calendar. Um, but I went there and I was like, wow, I could really see myself living here if I were to move to a different city. I just loved it. It's so expensive though. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I was going to say, like what, what is the downfall? You're living on the ocean. There's beautiful homes everywhere. There's so much to do. The price. (laughs) It's it's the price. It's like, out here, people have been like, oh, gas, it's gone up a little bit. It's like 3.30. I'm like, 3.30? It was like 6.50 for us, like, what? at the beginning of the year. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, my God. Or, like, in the podcast group, a lot of girls ask for advice about, like, I'm between these places to live, and I feel like San Diego is always one of them, and, you know... Mm-hmm. I feel like it's different when you're in college in San Diego versus like I'm older and being in San Diego and everyone's like, yeah, San Diego's so fun. Like come, but I'm always the one that's like, ah, 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 yeah, please check like the pricing and like make sure your financials are good because it's expensive. Like you can really start drowning out there Mm -hmm. literally. Like if you don't have any of your finances straight, it's so expensive. Actually, so for anyone that's considering moving to San San Diego, I almost just said San Antonio. <laughs> all of those, all of those cities know, that start with the sand, sand, all the sands, all the sands. Um, so for anyone that's considering moving to San Diego, other than price, what would you tell anyone that's considering it? And and you said also too, like people that are a little bit younger, like going into college or just fresh out. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say is the difference? So I think it's like obviously when you're in college, you can live in like what is it, the college housing, you can live in dorms and, uh, or just, you know, prorated kind of things because you're in college by the campuses and things like that, or you're living with like four or five roommates. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cost of living is a lot cheaper, um, if you're splitting things. Um, so I just feel like when you get older and you want that place for yourself and then you're looking and you're realizing studio apartments are more expensive than one bedrooms, but one bedrooms are still like $2,600 a month. It's just like, 
insane and that's not even like a good part of town so I guess my biggest advice if anybody wants to move to San Diego would definitely be like take a week or two maybe try some Airbnbs or like VRBOs in different Mm -hmm. areas and see what you like and really just check out like you know your what your price point is and like if you can make it work because we just went through a heat wave and electricity bills are like four hundred dollars so it's shit yeah it's insane so but obviously there's so much to do there. Like there, you, you can never be bored being in San Diego, quite mm-hmm. literally. You've got the mountains two hours away. LA is a two hour drive and the beach is pretty much 20 minutes from anywhere in San Diego. So yeah. can't go wrong. I miss having a beach. We don't have that. We have like Galveston and I've never been there. Um, and then Corpus Christi, never been there either. But I feel like the Texas beaches have nothing on <laughs> the West oh, Coast. No. And it's, a, it's kind of a shock how beaches are like in California, because I'm used to New England beaches and yeah. um, it's it's a lot different. I don't know. I feel like I've gotten the best of both being on like both coasts mm-hmm. and it's definitely cool. So being from New Hampshire, the military brought you over to San Diego. Yes. And before getting into the military, you decided you wanted to try out college. Yes. So... A little bit of background. I played softball my entire life. I was very athletic growing up. My dad was a phenomenal baseball player. He played D1 college baseball. And I always wanted to follow in his footsteps. And I was like, I'm going to play Division One college softball. I ended up signing for a D2 school that actually petitioned up the year before I went there to be Division One. So I was like, okay. yes, everything's coming full circle. <laughs> this is amazing. I was like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I definitely thought I was like a hot shot. I mm-hmm. I was young, I was immature still, so I definitely was like, oh, look at me, kind of thing. Yeah, and I look, little... I reflect, and I'm like, I wish I didn't have that attitude about it. So I ended up only doing a semester at the school I was playing softball at, and I became really burnt out because mm-hmm. I loved softball. I played probably 325 days a year growing up. Um, I didn't really have a normal childhood in that sense. Like my summers were spent doing four day tournaments every Mm -hmm. single weekend. And when you get to college and you're playing at a collegiate level like that, the NCAA owns you. They say Mm -hmm. it's school, then sports. No, it's school. It's sports, then school. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as your grades are, you know, good. That's all they care about. It's all about sports. You know, you're having a 4 a.m lifting and cardio session and then you're going to a four-hour practice later that night and in between that you're getting uh done like classes and trying to fit in time to do homework um yeah it was a lot and I really cannot imagine I got very burnt out and I just remember calling my parents and being like I quit (laughs) and my dad was like what like couldn't believe it because that was like our bond because my dad also coached me growing up so we had like a very different dynamic of father-daughter and then like you know, coach and player. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was just of- like, I, my parents have always told me when something becomes not fun anymore, you shouldn't do it. And I just got really burnt out. Like I just ended up not liking the school as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, cause obviously when you're, you're trying out these schools and you're going on overnight trips and, um, like a team is trying to sell something to you. I was like, love bombing be- you. Love bombing me. <laughs> like, I'm like, like every man I've met gaslighting me um so like they made it like the most memorable crazy awesome weekend and I was like yes like I am going there so school ended up not being like that I learned very quickly Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, so I dropped it. Like I dropped out after that semester. Um, I took a semester off and I just worked. And then I went to my local state school, actually where my dad went to college about 25 minutes from where I grew up, um, the university of New Hampshire, which is a phenomenal school. Um, and once again, I felt very unfulfilled. Like I wasn't doing too well academically. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like I could never stay concentrated. I felt like I didn't have that thing I was passionate about anymore because I was passionate about softball for what, 15 years of my life. So it was very weird. Um, and then to also be a sophomore and go in and live with girls that already knew each other. I was the newbie. I lived with six girls in like a, like the apartment style dorm. Um, and I was a new girl. I, Mm -hmm. I was just trying to fit in so bad with all of them. Um, because I wanted their friendship. Like I wanted to have that like college experience of like, oh my gosh, these are my best friends. Um, and it just, they were great people. Like I still keep in touch with all of them till this day. Um, but it was, I was definitely the odd man out, you know? Yeah. Very I different. think too, coming into a group when you're a little bit later, you maybe do shift who you are a little bit. Yeah. I was definitely of- changing myself, um, like for them. I was trying to like fit their mold of how yes. their dynamic was, which typically wasn't me. Um, yeah, and once again, I just felt really unfulfilled. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't doing the best academically. And I came home after that semester. And I remember my dad and I had a long talk because he's like, I'm not sending you to a third college. Like, we're not trying this again. Because I kept being like, well, what if I do community college and show yeah. you that my grades get up? And But I had no desire. I had absolutely no desire to even, like, make college work. It was more to, like, appease everyone in my family. Because pretty okay. much everyone in my generation – of family all went to college like everyone has like a phenomenal story they're really smart like my cousin's a doctor my (laughs) uh other cousin uh through javelin at high point university uh then my three other cousins all went to the university of new hampshire my sister graduated from the university of new hampshire so shout out to isabella because i know she's gonna watch this (laughs) um but it's just yeah, that idea it, that the people you surround yourself with, you, yeah. you compare yourself to them and it's always playing this game of like trying to trying to be at the same level mm-hmm. as people around you. And when you're not, you're so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. And of ultimately, ultimately, you're always feeling unfulfilled and chasing something mm-hmm. that even once you do get it, it's the question of like, once I do get it, am I really still, am I actually going to be happy? Yeah. Like, I don't know. So what did you go to school for? So I was originally in school for like communications, like, you know, very broad, what, you know, a lot (laughs) of people go to school for. And I remember I was toying with, I met some people when I was at the university of New Hampshire that were in the RMP program, like rec management policy. And they, they had the coolest classes and like, they were always like skiing, snowboarding and hiking and like doing these overnights. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And then I realized like, you gotta have good grades to, um, (laughs) switch your major. Um, so I ended up just not going back either. Um, and that's okay. Like, no, it, college yeah. is not for everyone. Literally in the last episode that I just recorded, I was saying like the facts that we're supposed to pick what we're supposed to do for the rest of our life oh, when we're 18 years old, like who is giving us that much power in our lives? Like why do they think that that is a good choice, you know? And so it's natural that what you want to do with your life is going to change every year, every couple years, mm-hmm. every few months, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, like, obviously we've talked a little bit about, like, what I do now, but 
there's, I think in the last year I've called my parents like a bunch of times, like every month being like, I found what I want to do. I'm going to do this. And my parents are like, okay, Gabby, like, it's just like, I, I see something. It's like, you get a hyper fixation on it and you're like, wait, I could do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was totally feel you on that one day. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should really get back into doing like hair and makeup. I used to do that in high school. My realty, water boy. Right. (laughs) And you have, the thing about life is that you constantly have options. Mm -hmm. You constantly have so many distractions of things going on. You constantly see people around you that have these different things. And it really clouds your judgment of, do I actually want this? Or do I just want something else than what I have? Because I think it's really hard to be truly like appreciative of mm-hmm. everything that you do have. Um, so oftentimes our mind will wander to, I wonder what my life would be like if I did this. Yeah. It's that, like, it's or, a, if you, I've learned that if you constantly keep wondering, you're never going to be happy or satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm left, working on. So yeah, I left college. I was like, you know what? And when I had that talk with my dad, my dad was like, you need structure. <laughs> so I did because I thought I could still be like my college friends, but living at home, and just, you know, working part-time. I was working at a seafood restaurant part-time. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and then we had the talk, and he's like, maybe you should join the military. And I remember I bawled my eyes out. I was like, you want to ship me off to the military? <laughs> and I was just, like, so distraught. He's like, Papa, well, like, my grandfather was in the military, and a few other of my, like, great uncles and that generation of my family were in, but I'm, those were the times of like, there was barely any even woman in the Navy or, or even the military in general. So I just remember being like, wow, my parents want to get rid of me. Like, so I remember that same week, my dad was like, did you like call a recruiter? And I remember I called them up and they're like, how about you swing by today? Cause you know, they have quotas to make. It's like car sales. So they're like, come on in girl. Like, let's talk to you. And I talked to them and they made me feel really like comfortable about the experience. They answered all my questions. And I remember I was like, this is something I could feel fulfilled in. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like I would be like doing right because obviously the world is crazy right now, but I've always been someone that like, I love the USA. Like Mm -hmm. I am so lucky to have grown up the way I have and in this country. Um, And I felt like, you know what? Giving back would be something really awesome. And before you you knew it, Thanks I went, for your service. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank me for my service. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And then from there, it's like, that's all she wrote. And I joined. And I went to boot camp June 22nd. I officially left. But boot camp started June 23rd okay. um, of 2015. So um, what is that process like? So basically you go in, you get recruited. It's mm-hmm. like a sorority. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had midday. Um, <laughs> it was really, I went Kayao. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I went in, I talked with the recruiters. You have to basically fill the, like a background check, essentially. Okay. Um, and I did all that. And then you go to something called MEPS. And I could honestly not even tell you what MEPS stands for right now. But it's basically like your intaking process. So you go, you have to do things like... For example, like the Air Force people that were there had to be able to lift like 100 pounds over their head because, you know, they're loading bombs onto planes and things like that. Um, Obviously, you got to get your height and weight checked. Like, So it's kind of like a physical test. Yeah. It's not even like, and then it's like mental health. Like you want to see what you want to do. You talk to the other people that like are in whatever branch that you want to join. There's people that work there. You obviously, you could get like blood work done. You got to, you know, do a drug test. Um... 
the worst part about it is there's like a doctor who's like 80 years old and he has to literally like check your butthole. I'm like, I don't know why, but okay. And then they make you literally in your underwear and bra, you have to duck walk. So they make what? sure like they make sure your like joints are like fine or whatever. Um oh I mean my. it was so long ago, I just remember being like, This is so weird. So you do that initially, um, and you take the ASVAB when Wait. you're there too. I have a question about the butthole check. Like I, I'm i I'm not gonna stop thinking about it until now. Do they, what do they do? Do they, oh, fing, like, finger, like, finger up the butthole to like check? I, I don't oh my know God. why, but they do that. Oh, wow. They literally, sugar warning. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, know, medically. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but apparently we gotta okay. make sure that's all good down there. Like, everyone had to get it done. I'm talking guys too. Interesting. Um, and then I'm pretty sure like the guys had to even get like, their checked regions down checked there. and all that. So, yeah, definitely, like, they screen you for just about everything. Like, okay. I'm talking driving record, all of that. Any criminal history, like, they do that. Did Have you ever smoked weed? Like, have you like have you done drugs and things like that? What would they do if you said yes? So, I know people that had said yes, but it was, like, so far prior to okay. it. Um, as long, because it's really about if you can pass your drug tests like when you're there Currently. and you're clean and everything like gotcha. that so um they always say like be honest but not too honest because like <laughs> they don't like they're not putting you on a lie detector or anything like that like it's very voluntary what you choose to you know share with them as far as your answers to your questions okay. <laughs> but yeah and then you take the ASVAB which is like a three-hour test it's like doing the like the SATs um and then from there you get like your job options um from like how you do and I completely bombed it like I've never been a good test taker I just same girl I I've always been the like creative I'm like is can I write a creative piece for you like I'll be good like but it was all like mathematics and like coding stuff and you have to click something when you see like a light flash in this box and I was just like okay overwhelming overwhelming yeah so I didn't do great but like obviously there were still like job options for me um so yeah, so like I like picked my job and then I was in the debt program. So we would meet like every couple of weeks at the recruiting station and we'd go over like um questions like who is the like command like or the CNO and who is the MCPON? Um, like what is your fifth general order and things like that. They were just Girl. getting you ready for going into boot camp because um boot camp is literally all about like repetition and memorization of things um and honestly the things you learn in boot camp don't actually like apply to the actual military or at least the navy in my experience obviously you're supposed to know your general orders and the sailors creed and everything like that but you're not being asked those things on a daily basis once you're actually out in the fleet and you're working like you're literally like you know you're working, you're turning and burning when you're actually out there and you get a lot of on the job training, like once you're finally through, but yeah. So I was in the debt program for a few months and then what my is, date came. What does that look like? So it was just like the, every couple of weeks we would go to the recruiting station and we'd meet we, or we'd go on like a group hike on like a Saturday morning or something like that. Um, just kind of like organized it's like a preparation, yes, period. preparation period, okay. essentially. Um, and then, yeah, I remember, so I was in Rochester, New Hampshire. That's where I grew up. And the closest MEP station to me was uh, Portland, Maine, about like 40 minutes from where I live. So 
that is where I left from. And I just remember being like so sad. Like it was, it, it was so exciting, but so sad because I had never been away from home for more than like a trip. And it was usually with my family growing yeah. up. So I was like, oh my goodness, like this is real life now. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Like my mom and dad were there. And then my grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, he came to, they watched me swear in. And then from there I had to like, you know, say my goodbyes in a hallway of like a glorified, like hospital looking like oh place. And then they take us to the airport. And then we literally waited for our flight to the Chicago O'Hare airport. It's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. So um, moving then, having having said that you haven't really spent much time away from your family, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. going to the military, moving to a new city, literally going anywhere, mm-hmm. feel a lot of sense of homesickness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so homesick, especially like being on that plane ride because you don't take much with you. You're going to boot camp. They give you everything. Um, you send back the clothes you're in that day and your phone and everything. Like anything you bring with you, you're sending back. Wow. Um, so... I just remember getting, because boot camp for me was in Great Lakes, uh, Illinois. So that's why we fly into Chicago O'Hare. And then, you know, it's crazy. It's like, it starts. Like the second you get off that plane, it begins. Like they took us to the USO and the USO people are like so kind, like the little volunteers. And they're like, you guys are going to do great. Like get yourself some snacks. And then next thing you know, they're escorting us down to like this. I remember that it's like this dark and dim area of Chicago O'Hare airport over by like where ride pickup is and I just remember it was the guys and the like they looked all nice they're in their uniforms and they just started being like all right you got 15 minutes and like the girls were running to the Starbucks being like I need to get my last Starbucks oh my gosh and I was a Dunkin's girl so I was like what is this Starbucks hype um (laughs) and they had us all sit crisscross applesauce like in rows and we had to be silent and we had to hold our like folders we got from um, the, our MEP station, like all of our information in it. Wow. Um, and then they loaded us up on a bus and they were like, no phones, like shut your cell phones off, like no talking. And they just showed they had on the bus playing a bunch of videos of like what different hairstyles you could wear, like our <laughs> woman could get their hair cut, um, how wow. like grooming standards were, how uniforms were supposed to look. And then I just remember we parked in front of a building on the base and they were basically yelling at us to hurry up and get out. They lined us up down a hallway. They said, this is your last phone call and your last phone call until um, you get to call your parents, like whether that's in like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever your um, uh, your recruit uh, division commanders would let you go call your parents. So and we had to stick to a script. So I'm like a robot. Oh, like I'm in, script? it was like a script. And I remember I'm like shaking and I'm like, hi, mom and dad. I have arrived safely to recruit training command at RTC, like RTC Great Lakes. And they're like, are you okay? Like, I'm like, I love you. I can't talk to you anymore. I have to hang up now. And it was, I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I had like tears in my eyes. Some people were bawling their eyes out. Some people didn't even have family to call. It was, because you got to remember, people were flying from all over the country to come to like the start of boot camp. It's not just like people in little New Hampshire. It was quite literally people from all over the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just crazy because I was like, in my head, I'm like, how do people not have someone to call? But it's like, they legitimately had no one to call. Um, yeah, and it, it kind of helps you yeah. recognize, like, the privilege of growing up oh, with a yeah. supportive family and people around mm-hmm. you. Definitely. So. I can't imagine that. Um, 
that moment of just like uncertainty. Oh, because it's like you hear all the stories like from people or like anyone like when they would come into the recruiting station because they were home for the holidays or something like that. Yeah. Um, or home visiting and they'd come in and tell you about their experience and you're just like you get so overwhelmed with like these like thoughts of like, oh my gosh, like what is happening next? Like what is about to happen? Um, and they quite literally kept us up for like 36 hours. Like wow. the, when we were first there, um, I had never been so excited to go to bed in my life. I went to bed at like, it was like an 8 PM like bedtime. And then we were up at 4 AM that next day. But I just remember I conked out and I was like, okay, day one down. Like, um, I definitely took everything just like day by day. Okay. Um, and speaking of your day by day, so once you started getting into boot camp and then after boot camp, then you start your yeah. your real like your full time job. So and you essentially go to training. So because I didn't score very high on the ASVAB, I got to do something called an undesignated program. So basically, you don't have a rate. Like what rate is like our job? Like MOS is like some okay. of the branches say. So I didn't have a rate. So people look down on that like, oh, they're so like so stupid or anything like that. Um, and I was just told kind of like the horror stories of, oh, you're going to work for a deck department. So like you're going to be, you know, very hands on, like you're going to work long hours. You're going to be tired. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh, hands on. That's nothing. Like I played sports my whole life, like physical labor. Like that sounds like my day will go by fast. Yeah. Um, and. So deck department was always known as the undes people, the bosun's mates, which I ended up becoming. Um, and then all the buds dropouts, like the Navy SEAL dropouts, okay. uh, they'd always get assigned to usually be undes. Um, and then, yeah, like if a department on the ship, like say someone was an admin and they had a guy that, you know, was like effing around all the time and not getting work done, they would punish them by sending them to my department oh because my they were like, here, let's have you go do some physical labor. Uh, but yeah, so from boot camp, I went to um, the training command. I literally went literally across the street to the training command in Great Lakes where I did like it was a four week course, just basically kind of showing you the ins and outs of like what ship life will be, especially for being undesignated, because like it's a lot of dangerous stuff we would deal with. Like you don't realize like literally those like even like with cruise ships, those lines that like tie you well it's called mooring but tie you up to the pier those things can kill you like they can snap and they can kill you um so it was just learning a lot about like safety um and how like paramount safety is it's like one of the biggest things with the military is safety um obviously you hear about all the mishaps that happen and that's never good um if you if it's on the news it's probably bad that's like Mm -hmm. the whole military motto but yeah and then from there um, I remember it was like the last like three weeks of boot camp is when we got our assignments on where we were going after training. And I was like, please don't be Virginia. Like I felt like Harry Potter when he's like, <laughs> not Slytherin, not Slytherin. I was like waiting. I'm like, please don't be Norfolk, Virginia. When please. you were saying that you basically find out like your placement. Oh, I, all I could think of was in Harry Potter. Yes, absolutely. I haven't watched Harry Potter in so long. I'm absolutely. Just, I'm not like Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. I was Gabby Connolly I was waiting and I just a lot of people were not like people opening their stuff in front of me and like getting it it's right like off a bid to card. them yes literally <laughs> it's like a bid card and every, everyone was like literally getting um 
like a lot, there was a lot of uh, the corpsmen, which are the nurses. Okay. Um, so they were getting their station down in San Antonio is where they go okay. for training with Air Force um, and the Army. They all do their like nursing training there. Um, so they were just like, okay, cool. Like I knew I was going there because of my job. But for me, like I was legitimately getting my assignment because my training course was only four weeks. Um, yeah. And I just remember being like, everyone was getting Norfolk, Virginia. And I was like, I do please, not no, please no. I was like, please no. And I remember the girl in front of me, she got the USS Boxer, which is a ship I was actually on. She got the USS Boxer, um, in San Diego, California. And I was like, dang it, like, what if that was the one billet for San Diego? Then they got to me, and they're like, oh, you're going to the USS Boxer, too. And I was like, hell yeah. Yes. And I remember I was like, can I please, like, because my dad was, like, so excited. He's like, I really hope you're in San Diego because one of his best childhood friends ended up moving out there with his family, like, I think now, like, 12 or 13 years ago. So my dad had visited and visited for work, and he just fell in love with the city, and I, it was almost like it was for my dad. I, I had never been to San Diego. I just yeah. knew it was cool, like really fun there. And That's yeah, nice. I was like, can I please call my parents? And they're like, fine. They let me like go in the little boot camp, like Did office. you have a script for it? No, I did not okay. have a stri- script. I was like, hey, it's me. And they're like, oh my gosh. I was like, I can't talk long, but I'm going to San Diego. And my parents Aww. were like, oh my goodness. Like, that's so great. And I remember I was like so so happy like and I it's like crazy because I was happy about something like I didn't even know it was like a complete unknown I just knew it was a really good place to be and then you saw the people for Virginia and they're like oh but then there was a lot of people from the area so they're like oh yeah I'm happy with Virginia like I'm gonna be within an hour of family so I'm like that's cool I'm literally gonna be across the country now but yeah. oh well so- the question that we all want to know this fall do we like the platform Uggs? I don't know. I personally, I can't say that I was a huge fan until I saw them on Hailey Bieber. And now I'm seeing these platform Uggs literally everywhere I go. So if you're like me and you're looking to get some new shoes for the fall, you are in luck because Macy's Great Shoe Sale is here just in time to debut your fall statement shoes. The Great Shoe Sale is only happening from October 5th to October 12th. Mark your calendar and head on over to macy's.com forward slash shoes. If you buy one pair, you get 30% off. Buy two pairs, you get 40% off. Basically, you save the more that you shop. So bring a few new additions into your fall rotation. Whether it's platform Uggs, whether it's platform Uggs, a pair of cowboy boots, a new pair of sneakers for those workout classes or your hot girl walks, a pair of patent leather loafers, or knee-high boots, Macy's has it all. Again, that is macy's.com forward slash shoes, and my favorites are at macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. Do you feel almost as if, like, when you went to college and you tried to, you know, play baseball and it didn't work out and you felt like you were kind of, not like disappointing your dad, but it was like a way you connected to him, do you almost feel as though getting placed in San Diego was kind of, like, filling, filling that? So I've never connected it like that, but I felt really upset. Like I felt like I completely left my, let my whole family down, let alone like my dad. And there's something about like, if I let down my mom, I'd be like, sorry, mom, I let you down. But when it's your (laughs) Your dad, I'm like, oh, it's like the knife and twist. Like I just felt so like bad. And like my, both my parents are amazing people. And like my dad is probably the nicest person. Like if you meet anyone like, in the vicinity of New England who knows my dad they're like he is the nicest person ever like Mm -hmm. so it was just like knowing that I we lost that like kind of bond um 
yeah, it was really sad. I was like, and Ugh. kind of found it, but a then little bit yeah, but then it was like he he had something to. It was a different way of being proud. You know what gotcha. I mean? So yeah, it was. And then being in San Diego, he was just so excited. So you uh, go to San Diego, mm-hmm. and you do your training there. No, training was in Illinois. Oh, training was yeah. in Illinois. And okay. Then I went to San Diego to my gotcha. first ship. And this was like right when you started. You're getting into the thick oh, of it. You're a working into girl. Into the thick of it. Literally, <laughs> my first day in San Diego, my ship was actually out at sea. Like, and so you're you're living on a ship, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. L- literally, like if if anyone wants to experience it, like there's a meme that's out there. Like literally, just buy a dumpster and live in it for like a week, and that's like what ship life is. My goodness. Um, like, you're literally just on this, like, steel beast. How frequently did you get off of the ship? Okay, so when you're in port, so when you're actually, when we were in San Diego, as long as we didn't have duty, which we had duty every eight days when I was on the boxer, um, we got we got to leave, like, after working hours. Gotcha. And okay. not everyone lives on the ship. Like, it's really just those new people because you don't have, it's like, you don't have barracks rooms ready for you. Okay. So it's quite literally like sororities. Like there's no yeah. room for you in the house yet. Like you got to wait a little bit before is, you can live here. Um, this is so, so interesting to me. Okay. So you start your job and what would you describe your day to day kind of schedule like? So my first day on board, I worked from the second I stepped on board, like I don't even think I knew people's names and they were like, grab those chains, start bringing them in this, in this closet over here. And like, and I just remember there was just a, like 20 people dragging these rusty chains from like the you, Humvees. Give your tetanus shot. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got our tetanus shots. Oh, Trust me, we got all the shots in boot camp. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like, what am I getting into? What is this? I was like, Okay, wow. cool. So I remember I just like got into working. I remember like six PM rolled around and I was like, Are we done yet? And they're mm. like they're like they're like, Girl, we're in inserve, which is a huge inspection for a ship, like pre deployment. But yeah, they're like, Girl, no, we're in inserve. We have like a couple weeks left. Like we're like we're working six days a week. Like we're only having Sundays off. And I just remember standing there being like, Oh my I was like, What did I sign up for? Like this is not what was this is not what I was told. Um and that day we worked until ten thirty PM. Oh my god. And then we got up uh I had a muster at three thirty in the morning. So quite literally only had a few hours of sleep. I remember I got in my little tiny rack, like I'll show you pictures of what they look like, but I, my little rack, I go in it and I just, I remember I cried. I was like, what is this? Like, this is horrible. Like I'm working like 18 hour days. I'm like, I am not cut out for this. Like mm-hmm. my goodness. And yeah. And, and then obviously the inspection ended and then I was like, okay, this is normalcy. Like then it was just, okay, you're working Monday through Friday and okay. things like that. But yeah, a typical day was always, you know, get up around 6 a.m. You'd muster, which was like, the roll call. At first, I thought you said you you had mustard at 3 a.m. And I was like, that's fucking gross. No, <laughs> mustard. So, mu- yeah, no, not <laughs> not squirting um, French's mustard in my mouth. But no. I realized when you said Yeah, so it was basically mustard. like, you know, like attendance. Okay. Um, like in school, like how you, they would. Like in the teacher, movies. Yes, how they would go around and take attendance. So we'd like, you know, all be in line and they'd call out our last names. And you'd say like, here, present. 
um, or to say your last name back. Um, so yeah, a typical day was always about, you know, early is on time in the Navy. So you'd be there, you know, ready to go like 6.45, 6.50. They'd put out all announcements, put out work assignments for the day around uh, 7 a.m., um, 07, if you want to get real technical. Um, and then, yeah, we would typically work until about 4 p.m., 1600. Um, but obviously we got, we got a lunch. Like we'd usually have like a two hour lunch, which was awesome just because when you're on a ship and you're eating on the ship, those chow lines get so long and you're just waiting and waiting and wait. Sometimes you'll wait like 30 minutes just to get your food and then you have to sit down and eat and, you know, and gather yourself before you have to get back to work. Um, so so, yeah. So each day you would have your work assignment that would be given Mm -hmm. to you. So each day basically... It, it would look pretty different then or were there a, were there a handful of things that you did every single day? Yeah. So there was like we, a big thing on the ship is always doing um, like we would do sweepers. It literally is what it is. It was we would be glorified janitors and we'd go around and clean our spaces just so that our ship always looked presentable because you never know who's going to come on board. You don't know if the Commodore is going to come on board. Who knows? The president might come on board. Who knows if he's in town? Like, okay. I mean, you know, it's a government vessel. So we always kept it in tip top shape. So we would do that about twice a day. Um, and then every day things like we had to get our boat report done, which we would have so literally picture this like a giant boat like almost like a cruise ship looking thing Mm -hmm. and then we had two little boats that were attached and we could lower them into the water and like it was fun because on deployment you could go rip around in the middle of the ocean and um so we'd have to do the boat report to make sure there was fuel in those boats because those are used in emergency situations um for man overboard like if someone were to fall in the water we're getting that boat lowered into the water in all of like two minutes like yeah and that's from like running to the uh to where the boat is and like you know taking all the safety precautions and getting it in the water because guess what if someone falls in the water you only get a small amount of time to go get them mm-hmm. um so yeah there's this there was a lot of things that were done daily like that gotcha. but for the most part it was more projects like we'd have like hey let's try to have the deadline for painting this whole space be in like two weeks and I'm talking that is bust and rust like we're using like okay so it's sanders. a lot of manual yes, physical for what labor. I f- what I personally did obviously okay. there's some people that are blessed that are an admin and they're a yeoman or a personnel specialist and they're helping with people with pay or their ID cards or um, they can't log into their NSIPs account or something like that. So they're helping them, helping route paperwork because anytime you want to take time off, there's paperwork. There's a ton of admin that goes into it. Um, So obviously those people are more of like a desk job and they have their desks, they're, um, they're in an office that was most likely air conditioned on the ship, which was nice where I was like, you know, we were turning wrenches, doing the dirty work, but in a, in a sense, I feel like it's like kind of admirable. Like it taught me a lot of discipline. Like Mm -hmm. it was way different than I ever pictured it would be. Um, yeah, I never thought it was going to be like what it was, if that makes sense. And I could go on for days about like the different things we did. Yeah. But I mean, I do think it's very admirable. Like someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. Like there's always that like dirty job. Mm -hmm. There's quite literally a rate called the whole technician. They're HTs and they deal with the plumbing. They literally deal with plumbing. Like they have to deal with when the toilets are overflowing, like literally the shit end of the stick, literally and figuratively. Like (laughs) there's there's someone for everything. There's quite literally someone for everything. And it's really cool to hear from you too. um, Because 
I feel there's just so much that I didn't know about. And now it gives me a whole different perspective mm-hmm. and like gratitude for people that mm-hmm. do go to the military. Like I think, yeah. I mean, a lot of people you think about the military and there's like a couple things that come to mind, right? You think you of like Navy think- SEALs and you think of like people in Afghanistan, which like, like props to them and like go- absolutely God bless them and all the people that are overseas. I mean, I didn't necessarily do that, but people don't understand that every single enlisted person and officer in the navy or the air force now the space force the marines the army they everything works towards the bigger picture like yes yes, everyone's like you're just a number you can always be replaced the boots will come off one day because you know everyone has to retire eventually or they get out and but people don't understand that everyone's role is very vital to the mm-hmm. overall mission for the whole country. So I always get really sad when people are like, oh, well, I didn't, I was in the military, but I didn't do much. I'm like, well, you did something like you contributed in some sort of way. Like, yeah, you might not have done like four tours in Afghanistan or Iraq, or you might not have been a Navy like SEAL or in Marine Recon, but that doesn't mean you didn't do something mm-hmm. that was, you know, just as fulfilling impactful. to you and very impactful. So that's amazing. Good for you. And yeah. thank you. Seriously, again. So you said that once things died down, you started working Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And you said you were typically done around like 4 p.m. Yeah. And I mean, that was so. always subject to change. Like um, I worked for like the department I worked for and the people I worked for were pretty great about, you know, when we're, you know, busting our ass Monday through Thursday, like they try to get us out of there early on Friday because okay. it's kind of the unwritten rule in at least the Navy that like, you know, early Fridays, you know, you try to get everyone out of there, enjoy their weekend, especially if someone has weekend duty and has to stay on the ship for the 24 hours and stand mm-hmm. watch, like let's give them a, you know, a day and you can get things done. Um, you know, they would always say like, Oh, if you're going to get your oil change or go to the bank, save it for Friday and things like that okay. to mitigate people having to leave work. But yeah. So working a job that is basically completely manual labor, you're constantly tired and exhausted physically. Mm -hmm. Like I'm curious to hear from you because you've been following me from the very beginning. Like what fun on weekdays means to you when you think back to your time in the military and, and also like your life now, because we're going to get to it, but she doesn't work in the military anymore. But during this time for anyone that's listening, that does have this type of job that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Every single day after work, you're like, I have no fucking time for fun because I'm tired. Oh, yeah. So obviously, like when you first get to like your command and you're on a ship, at least, you know, for the Navy, I'm speaking from Navy's perspective. You live on the ship when you first get there because there's no barracks rooms for you yet. Like you have to earn that. You got to, you know, have a little, you know, have a little time in before they're going to give you a barracks room or anything like that. Um, So... But on weekdays, I guess, had a way different meaning for me when I first joined because it was either you chose to eat on the ship for dinner and just chill up on the flight deck or chill on, like, one of the walkways and, like, be able to use your phone. But that's all you can do. There's no Mm -hmm. service inside the ship. Um, Or it was, like, you pretty much went out all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it was literally just to, you know, go sit somewhere and drink a coffee or, you know, go to the bars, like, go out to restaurants, like, go to dinner with friends and go out and obviously base has a lot of activities like rec centers and like okay, a, like a little ask. libraries and things like that um so it's really like I remember I was so focused on like wanting to make friends so badly 
when I first got to my command. And um, are most of your friends from this period of your life, they're people that were also on the ship. It wasn't people that you met like in the city when you're going no, out. It's the people that I was friends with were the people that I was working around every okay. day, whether we were in the same department or not. My friends came from the ship. Like, they're the people you got to know, you know? Yeah, you, I mean, you have so them. much to talk about because oh like, no one else understands. Trust me, that, and that's another thing. The military is like high school. Like, there was always drama. You were always <laughs> hearing something about someone, um, and you just always hoped it wasn't about you. Um, so, yeah, so I would go out, like, a lot when I first joined, and um, I was only 20. So for a few – my first few months, I was only 20, and then I turned 21, and, you know, I – quite literally would always go like we were always out like mm-hmm. the navy anchors away like our legitimate theme song it says drink to the foam in it like sailors can drink and um I mean I was doing that for a while it was just because that's what everyone did the people you wanted to be around were all doing that um and then I you know you grow up and then you like I went on deployment and I'm in all these foreign countries and I'm like, wait, like there's more, like every country looks the same inside a bar. Like you don't need to be in a bar, like go out and do things. Like, good point. so definitely at first it was like, oh, the bar scene, the fun scene. And obviously San Diego is so fun. So like there's, you know, you can go to a different place every single night. Um, but as I grew up, I realized like the people that really want to be your friends and like, and be like good coworkers too, they're not going to be asking you to go to the bar every single night. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I guess I kind of turned into a homebody though, towards the end of, um, being in, because I, it's one of those things I got burnt out from doing the whole, always going out, always trying to fit in with the people around me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, you stop going out and some of these people don't want to be friends with you anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like college. Like I'm sure everyone in college had that friend that was just like a crazy party animal and they were the person you hung out with when you wanted to go party. Um, and then one day that switches and then it switches and and then you're lame and then you're like, well, sorry, I like to go to bed at 9 PM. Like, but that's just the whole thing that like I've talked about before is that everyone's perception of like mm -hmm. fun and being a fun person is so subjective. Mm -hmm. And at this stage in our life, especially at like 21 years old, like in college, you know, and you're probably also thinking of your friends back home that are in college that are going to college Yeah, because my, my, my friends were, you know, they were out for, they were doing Wasted Wednesday and Thirsty yeah. Thursday. It's and crazy. Like, yeah, frat the, parties on Friday. Like, it, it's just really wild. And I have nothing against it. Like, I literally went to a concert last night and I had like a tequila spray. I had two actually. And I took a shot. And I, it, and, and you're I'm, like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I, have like a much better relationship with alcohol now mm-hmm. but you, you start to recognize things in yourself You're like why am I so anxious like why am I always so tired mm-hmm. why am I always so sluggish and then when you start cutting it out you start being like whoa like I feel or the anxiety again. oh yes like I feel life again mm-hmm. I don't feel anxious and and yeah that anxiety that yeah. we all talk about and it's so wild like that we encourage this culture of of like the drinking culture and that when you don't want to go out all the time, then you're just automatically boring. You're lame. You're not fun. Mm -hmm. And it really does show you, you know, who the people are that you want to be surrounded by. Well, and that's like the whole drinking culture, like in the military in general, I feel like even when like I was in my party phase and like new people would come to the boat and they're like, Oh, I don't drink or like, I don't go out. Like I have a family. Like, you know what I mean? I remember being in my head, like, 
Oh, Ugh. that's so lame. Like, oh, come on, be fun. Like, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. but like you've talked about before, like your definition of fun changes. So now it's like, I'm in San Diego. Like I live right by the aquarium. Like I love the aquarium. Like I could probably go once a week and I I'd love that be for you. so f- fulfilled with that. Or the San Diego zoo is quite literally awesome. There's I went always there. thing. There's always things to do. There's always activities. Um, I mean, just going to the beach, like every beach is a little bit different in San Diego too. So it's like, you know, you, you grow up a little bit like, and you realize like you need to take in these things around you. And it's almost like a thing where I'm just really grateful for where I'm at because of the military. Like if not, I would have never packed up and Mm -hmm. gone to San Diego. No way. Absolutely not. I think that's also a really powerful thing to discover on your own Mm -hmm. as well and figure that out. Come to that realization because you truly are at a place in your life Mm -hmm. where you're looking within and you're like, okay, why am I feeling like unfulfilled? Mm-hmm. And then you look at your patterns and you look at things that you've been doing and you're like, wait, this isn't really fueling me anymore. And then you start opening your eyes to a world around you. And it just, it helps you like live life a little bit more opportunistic, I guess. Yeah. Um. So you were in the military for seven years. Mm-hmm. It's just about, I'm like, if you want to get technical, it's like 29 days shy of seven years. But I mean, who's counting? No, we'll but, round up for you. So, and how did you determine that like you you were ready for so, the next stage of your life? I, I absolutely, so I will never rag on the Navy. I love the Navy and every single experience it gave me. I now have free college. I will now have free healthcare. I will now get disability paychecks monthly. Um because of my service and I am forever grateful for that but when it's so cool and eye-opening to be around people from every single walk of life but you're also around I mean my mom always tells me it's like that in every workplace but there are some people that are just so draining all the time and they're just such angry people and it's like kind of sad because it's like do you really feel like this every, cause I like you to suck the life out at me just from coming to work today. Like, how do you do this every single day? How are you happy? Like, um, so my, um, I'm like really big on mental health and I'm really like in tune with my mental health and I am totally okay with like talking about it. I started feeling a rut, like pretty much after my first enlistment, um, I started having that unfulfilled feeling, not so much with the Navy, just kind of like my friend group, my life, my relationships, like not being home and like with family, miss starting to miss out on graduations and friends getting engaged at back home and things like that. So I kind of had that like rut of like unfulfillment again, but mm-hmm. like not, it's like very complicated. So not towards the Navy, but just like in life. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. There's different types of unfulfillment. I yeah. seriously just like this last week's episode was about that. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, it sounds like you were just losing the the fulfillment Mm -hmm. of like community. Yep. And, and feeling like you have like a place Mm -hmm. within people that you feel like comfortable and supported by and motivated by. Absolutely. So, um, I, yeah, I just had a really big decline in my mental health to the point where I was actually taken away from the ship I was on Mm -hmm. and I was placed on shore duty Um, and my job was like admin work. Like I was taken away from my normal everyday job that I was used to doing on the ship. I basically did admin work and my job was to, you know, go to, go to therapy. I was in group therapies, um, and things like that to try to better myself. And it just, I felt like I never crawled out of that hole. Like I dug myself into mentally 
And I realized like after talking with like, you know, doctors and therapists and things like that, I was like, I love the Navy, but I just don't think I can. I I felt bad because I love the Navy, but I was taking away from a spot for someone that truly wanted to be there. You know what I mean? So I felt really guilty in that sense because I, I got so much out of it. Yeah, I mean, I saw so many beautiful countries. I went on deployment. I, you know, I, I did a lot for myself and mm-hmm. yeah, I just had this, like, I felt so ungrateful, but I realized, you know, later on that a lot of people go through this. Like a lot of people in the military, you know, do have like a lot of mental health issues. That's why like we have a veterans suicide hotline. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, it's just really crazy. It's, it's different. Like people think like it stems from just the military in general, but it's a lot more than that. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of the, you know, working for someone who doesn't even know how to talk to people like, and they're cussing at you constantly. And you're like, that's not a leader. Um, and obviously I've worked with with so many amazing people where I'm like, I absolutely want to be like them like one day and how like cool, calm and collected they are and how, soft-spoken and wise they are but then everyone I worked for that was horrible I'm like you know what thank you because I know exactly how I don't want to be in a leadership role mm-hmm. um yeah I just I fell into a really big rut and I I I will admit it like I was very depressed like my anxiety my anxiety is still bad my depression getting better but it's just it's really different and everyone I talk to every single one of my friends that has been in the military and has gotten out I'll experience this. Like it's like depression, anxiety, and just, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff amongst veterans is like a really serious thing. Like I think the VA, the, you know, veterans affairs has gone in the right direction of really trying to, you know, help the whole mental health stigma and really help veterans, um, which is great. But I think there's still like a lot to be done mm-hmm. on this journey because I mean mental health is a journey so yeah absolutely and thank you for sharing that yeah because you know obviously not everybody wants to sit behind a microphone and just share oh, their no. like I <laughs> they're like deepest feelings that's like yeah. a personal thing but I also do know that your words will also like impact the, the thousands of people yeah, that and I'm sure people this, that you know work a corporate job or they're in college I'm sure they feel can, the same way like I I think I've been depressed for a while, probably since my whole college stuff and I've had anxiety, but I didn't know. I didn't know what it actually was because I watched my family just always be such a happy, loving, amazing family. And in the back of my head, it's like, I, we could never be depressed. We could never have anxiety, you know, like we grew up, we grew up so well. Um, and so, the guilt of that yes, too, not allowing yourself to actually feel your feelings mm-hmm. because you're invalidating them because you're like, well, wait, I am looking at my life in comparison mm-hmm. to other people. And I know that I have it so good, but like still, mm-hmm. and then that, that, that thought yeah. allows you to suppress those feelings. Oh. And over time it just, it builds up. And I think a lot of people can relate to that Oh yeah, regardless of what your career is, but I'm sure the military adding like an additional Oh, type yeah, of stress that no, I mean, I could never relate to that. You know, I could never feel that. Here's the thing. My, jo- my job on the ship, like I, like I said, I could go into it, into it, into it in the nitty gritty, but it was a very dangerous job. Like your head's not in it. You're not paying attention. You could quite literally get the person next to you killed mm. during some exercises it's we scary. would do. So that's what I like. That was my biggest thing. Like when I was submitting my package to 
get out of the Navy um, and kind of explain like why I wanted to get out on the route that I did, like, and you know, getting out early um, for like mental health reasons. That's one of the biggest things I hit on. I was like, I absolutely love the Navy and I love everything it's given me, but I can't perform my job to the hundred percent ability that I should be. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to do is be the per- the reason why someone was hurt or like worse killed or anything like that. Um, so I feel like it's also like really good self-awareness that yeah. I could like recognize that because it's so sad. Like you hear like there's like the suicide rate in the military and let alone the whole world is way too high. You know, it is way too high. Like one is absolutely too many. And it breaks my heart every time that I hear that there's, you know, a sailor or a Marine or someone that has like, you know, trigger warning committed suicide. Um, because, you know, they didn't have that self-awareness. So I'm really grateful, like, instinctually that I have that self-awareness for myself. Right. That's, like, a very difficult thing mm-hmm. to recognize in yourself. Absolutely. So I think it's great that you were able to mm-hmm. and kind of, like, save yourself and put yourself before mm-hmm. something that you were very passionate about. Like, mm-hmm. that's hard to leave a job that you do love. Yeah. But I think, I feel like ultimately you knew it was the right choice and like you needed to do that in order to be able to live your life to the fullest extent following the next chapter. Oh yeah. Following the military, Mm -hmm. how was it for you rediscovering now what you're passionate about? Because you did it for like almost seven years shy by 29 days. (laughs) Yeah. So actually I, when I was in the military is when I like started my small business venture. It was like my side thing. Oh girl. So I was just like, you know, it's like that sound where it's like, I've never been relaxed in my life. Um, <laughs> literally me. Um, I think that stems from like just my personality in general. And then also like the anxiety of like you be doing something, yeah, you know, so you just, you crave so, chaos. <laughs> yes. So it was um, like back in November, I randomly was like, I'm going to start an events page. So I started really small of just doing like pop-up shops, like, you know, like not like farmer's markets, but go, setting up at a brewery, like finding a couple okay. vendors and like I would coordinate it all with the the brewery and things like that. And then I was like, I just so want to be into in weddings. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I love, I'm a hopeless romantic. I love love. And I think like putting on a big production is like so cool. I mean, you've seen it with the events like you've hosted mm-hmm. and yeah. So I hit up a local girl in San Diego and I was like, Hey, do you like need an assistant or do you want to like teach someone? And she's like, actually, yes. And me and her have become like really great friends. And, you know, she really mentored me and she's really got me like, like on my feet with everything. And I remember like after the first wedding I did with her, she's like, Oh girl, she's like, you're good. You got it down packed. Like, and I think that's like the discipline I've learned from the Navy Okay, and just like attention to detail. Um, because like I've always been like the the planner friend of my group. Like yeah. I'm like, all right, on October twenty fifth of twenty twenty three, like we are doing this and this is our itinerary. And they're like, Whoa, that's like thirteen months out, like let's chill. And I'm like, But we gotta plan it. There's um, always one person in the yes, friend and, group. Yep. And no one ever wants to be that person, but the oh, one I want that to wholeheartedly. It. I'm like, give it to me. Like, cause when other people like you can't see my face like through the podcast, but I'm just like, when other people are like, oh, I'll take care of it. I'm like, have you like, I'm like, like, what? No, no, please don't. I'm like, it's like the anxiety kicks in, but yeah. So I pretty much took off running from like all of her help and I still go to her for anything. Like heck, she's even come to me about stuff, like asking me questions, you know, cause everyone operates differently. So yeah, I am a wedding 
planner and coordinator and event planner. Love so. that over in San Diego for any of our uh, yes. San Diego fiancés looking for an event yeah, planner. Seriously, hit me up. I events, love that. Events by Gabrielle LLC. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're, we got to plug her. Of yes. course. Of course. But. So just comparing like your life now, because obviously you're doing events. It's like a little bit more sporadic. Your mm-hmm. schedule looks different than super disciplined in the military. Mm-hmm. Like how would you say that Fun on Weekdays now applies to your life? So now I find myself having a lot of time during the week um, (laughs) because no, I guess no one really tells you how hard it is to start your own business, especially in an industry where your, your events are like Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Yeah. So your weekdays are your weekends. My weekdays like are my weekends now. So now I look at it as like, I can do stuff for me. I can go get my, a pedicure. Like, um, I can take care of admin stuff. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like I can relax. I can catch up on some shows where, where my weekends are now like really go, go, go. And like mm-hmm. exhausting in a, in a way, especially like weekends that I have events. So yeah, it's like my, my weekdays are now my weekends and it's yeah. kind of nice. No, like growing up, I would have never have thought like, I I, know. I'm telling you like, there's something about having a Monday off. I don't know what it is, but it is so nice. It's, I'm like, it's very nice. And it's also like quiet too. Mm-hmm. When I think of the weekends, like I, of, I often think of it being like kind of chaotic, you know, like everyone's out. Everyone wants to know like what's going on. You're trying yeah. to jam pack so much stuff into like two and a half days that you yeah. have. And then, or you feel guilty about not doing anything on the weekends because you feel yeah. like it's your time to, you're supposed to be going and doing things. Mm-hmm. That's a good point too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I never feel guilty about sitting around on Tuesday night, but you give no. me a, you give me a Saturday night. I'm like, wait, <laughs> scratching my head. I'm like, I'm what like, should I do? Or you're like hitting up like random people you haven't even hit up and you're like, what are you up to? And they're like, I don't even live in San Diego anymore. And you're like, <laughs> you're like oh, have fun. Oh, just kidding. I was just asking like, yeah, <laughs> but no, it's definitely different. Um, I know like a lot of the girls from the podcast page have actually reached out to me about like wedding and event planning. And I can totally tell that some are like, oh, it's week. Like my weekends are shot. (laughs) It's like, yeah, kind of stinks. But you know, it's like you find time to do the things you want. Like just different. And honestly, running errands during the week, during the day is so much more pleasant than, um, doing it like on a weekend or like after work with like rush hour and things like that. Mm-hmm. I ha- I feel like I have a newfound Zen. Like, I'm not going to lie. The first few weeks I was out of the Navy, I felt very lost. I was like, what am I doing? Should I have gotten out? Like, did yeah. I make the right choice? It's like, you just question, question, question. And now I'm like, okay, this is nice. Like I would be like, I'd be at work for another four hours still right now. And like, you know, like, yeah. And I'm already done like everything <laughs> I need to for the day. So well, I love to hear that you're happy and you're like doing yeah. better. It sounds like, do you feel as though event planning does kind of fulfill that, that void that you've always been kind of trying to find? Yeah. Cause I think a big thing with softball is like the team aspect of it all mm. and the, and the competitiveness too. And same with the Navy, it's a team. Like you're quite literally, it's a bunch of individuals coming together for a common goal and to meet the mission. So I think it's just such an cool journey from like starting with a client to literally the last minutes of their wedding day because you get to see everything completely unfold and it is like it is like a a teamwork kind of journey because you know you're making sure they have the vendors you're getting in touch with those vendors you're making sure you're building the team yeah you're building the team and you're quite literally making sure everything goes so smooth on one of the most important days of their life like Mm -hmm. you know like 
my thing is, is like, I'm like, I'm your wedding bestie. Like if you need a shoulder to cry on, I got you. If you need someone to vent to, I got you. And I'm not going to let anyone ruin your day. Like mm-hmm. I'm step in. Like, <laughs> you, you learn that from your other, yeah. from your other leaders. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. yeah, well, it sounds like, um, just generally speaking, like the military was just a chapter of your life mm-hmm. that has, is now going to allow you to flourish in other areas of your mm-hmm. life. And oh Yeah. And like the stability of it, um, the aspect of like free healthcare and those types oh of gosh, things, yes. um, because you know obviously that's something that a lot of people struggle with. If your job, like event planning, if you are working for yourself, you don't typically have that. No. So it really did kind of set you up for this life that you can now create for yourself. And it's, yeah, it's absolutely. So great to like hear so much about your story because I'm no. like, oh my god, should I join the military? Oh no, no girl, <laughs> you have a good thing going. You don't need the military. Well, I think it does really help shed light, though, to a lot of, you know, like the difficulties that come with not only the military, but just a job that is so physically taxing. Yeah. And how that can eventually, you know, affect your mental health as well. And just overall, the idea of, you know, how you have fun with your life, because Mm -hmm. when that's all clouding your judgment, you know, not very fun to do other things. Yeah, it's just. Well, now you're here in Austin and Gabrielle, Gabby. I yes. keep calling you Gabrielle. Oh, it's that's, fine. That's your name in my phone, Gabrielle. The first time you texted me, it it had like the 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 this contact, might yeah, yeah this might be Gabrielle Conley. Yep. Yeah, but we're we're on the Gabby basis yes. now. We're girls. Yes. We're besties. So Gabby is leaving Austin. She's going back to San Diego. Mm-hmm. But you have a really you had a really cool opportunity to come to Austin yes. for which yeah so I networked in the fun on weekdays podcast page and I ended up doing a wedding out here in Austin Texas at the Arlo so if you're in Austin and you're looking to get married the Arlo is absolutely beautiful and you should totally go check it out yeah I've never I've never been it's pretty new it's actually pretty new like I'm pretty sure it hasn't even been open like six months gotcha it's very new but yeah it was an absolutely gorgeous wedding the joke is the um uh, the girl that the bride and like her mom and then her dad like they're my uh they're my Texas family now so that's like the joke so I'm like now you just need to come to San Diego yeah um because now the big debate is Whataburger or In-N-Out oh what is, what is your um... California In-N-Out all day I tried okay. Whataburger and I gave it a fair shot I got like the chicken sandwich and I got the burger did, was it the honey butter chicken biscuit no I so I went okay, so the next morning I went back and everyone's like because you everyone I posted on Facebook and everyone's like you gotta get the honey butter chicken biscuit and I was like okay yeah. and I got it and it was delicious but I was like my stomach now hurts yeah um, it's a lot hangover food it was hangover food <laughs> it, it is it's one of those things you eat it and you're like mm, I kind of regret that like in the moment it's the best thing you've ever tasted yeah well and then they were saying like a lot of them haven't had like in and out in California. So they're like, well, in and out here isn't that good. I'm like, that's so weird that it's different, you know? Interesting. But- okay, well, whenever I come and visit you in San Diego, I got to try it. But also, anyone listening, you sounds- didn't try in and out? Not in California. <sighs> I didn't know it was different. I thought it was the same thing. I'm like, no, you, mm, I'm not very impressed it hits by In-N-Out. different. Like there, there's lines down the road. Like everyone huh. is in line. I drove by an In-N-Out out here and it was so sad. There was like two cars in the drive-thru and I was like, what is this? Yeah, because everyone's but, at Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, everyone's at Whataburger and I was like, what is the hype? I gave it a 2.5 out of 10 and then wow. I had the honey butter chicken biscuit and I was like, 
Okay, I can I see where they're going. This is like drunk munchie food and hangover food. So for that, I give it a five. Oh my god, that's still pretty low. Okay, so we <laughs> have we have a lot to do. I'm gonna come to San Diego. We're gonna get in and yes, out. We're gonna get in and out. And anyone else? It sounds like Gabby is willing to travel too. So oh yeah, yeah, you I, got a uh, wedding. Yes. Yes, Far. I will travel wherever. It'll be like 50 dates, 50 states. It'll be like 50 weddings, 50 states. And I'll I just go around that. to all of them. Oh my gosh, wait. That'd be so I gotta cool. get on TikTok and make that now. <laughs> and I, I just, I also love the fact that like literally fun on weekdays brought us together. Yes. And the fact that it has meant something different to both mm-hmm. of us and literally every single person ever at different stages of our lives. And the fact that it brought us together now, mm-hmm. I think is a really cool, like, powerful thing that has happened and I'm so happy to know you yes I know Jenna would literally be in my myspace top 10 now so (laughs) I mean oh my god I know (laughs) yeah this has been so fun I was so nervous and now I'm just like no can we talk for another four hours like can we it's nice to hear are we gonna crack a mom water open yeah we could girl drink to the foam she's about to get onto her flight and she's like yeah we're Uh, in the wise words of Dirks Bentley we're getting drunk on a plane. I love that. That's a, I mean, that's a good segue. I, so, oh, and you know how I always end every yes. episode? Okay. I have one. I feel like you've been preparing yes. for this moment. Okay. So here's my official question. Gabby, what would you tell everyone that's listening to Fun on Weekdays podcast is your fun idea for everyone to do this week? I think that everyone should try golfing. Oh, I okay. love golf. Um, I took it up during COVID and I've absolutely fell in love with it. Like, I think it's so fun. Um, obviously, it takes up a lot of time. But even, like, mini golf. Like, either go oh. mini golfing or Sold. try something new. Go to a driving range. And single ladies, there are some cute men out on the driving range that okay. just go up to them and be like, hey, could you just watch my swing? Could you give me a pointer? You know? You, hey. Can, can like, you move my positioning a little bit? Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, no, it's a really... It's really fun. Like, cause when you, when I think of golf too, I think of like business deals, how like, you know, business partners will go golf together. I think it's a really great way to network with people. It's a super fun hobby Mm -hmm. and it's not a super taxing like sport on the body, but it is still like a little bit competitive and you can be, it's such a cute aesthetic tale. Yeah. Oh, we love it. Yeah. We we love love it. it. And it's also starting to get cool enough now where like, you're not going to absolutely drench yourself in sweat. So Mm -hmm. you actually can like enjoy yeah, you know, so, the, the actual activity instead of just sitting there like, oh, God, getting excited to get in the golf cart to go to the next one because you'll get the breeze. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. And it's I mean, you can pack your drinks with you or you can support the beer cart girl. Love you can that. bring snacks. You don't even have to drink like you can quite literally do whatever you want mm-hmm. and just have fun. And you're outside. Yeah. Get a tan. Very true. Okay, well, we got some things on our agenda, girl. We're going to go golfing, then we're getting in and yep. out, and then we're going to plan a wedding. Not mine, of course. <laughs> well, I'll help you, pl- I'll help you we'll plan, plan someone else's wedding. a wedding for a little Quincy, a dog wedding, <laughs> just oh. like Southern Charm. They just did that. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, we cannot have him anywhere near any girl dogs right now because <laughs> we haven't we haven't cut his balls off yet. Oh, no. Oh, and yeah, yeah. he's no. like, he's real horny. I'm like, I'm a human. Like, get <laughs> off my leg. Get off my leg. Uh uh-uh. uh. So maybe not Quincy's wedding, but someone's. Yes, someone's. Well, thank you so much for coming yes, on. I hope you guys you. enjoyed this episode. I seriously, I I loved it. I could talk to you for hours, and we will off <laughs> off the microphone. Yes, but I hope y'all had fun with us. And yeah. Talk Thanks. to you next Tuesday. That's the end. Yes. <laughs> Woo.